Hey everybody, I just wanted to give you a quick warning. This is an explicit podcast. We mark it explicit, but uh, due to the nature of the content of this podcast, there is language. So if you have younger listeners or uh, you yourself, your conscience will not permit that, then I would recommend that you skip this podcast and move on to our next one. Otherwise, uh, just enjoy. Thanks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm in this. Well, I'm joined again via the internet with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? How you doing, brother? Hey, good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. You holding up in the Rona? I am, yeah. No dry cough, no fevers, no uh, loss of sense and smell and all that taste? No, I think I'm safe. Yeah? Uh, I hope so. Dude, we flattened that curve. Yeah. Let's get rolling. I mean, yeah. I I, I was going to say all the... I don't know what to believe anymore because all the... uh, the models and everything. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Cool. I'm staying busy. <laughs> yeah. You're busy, man. Cause you, you, you got a lot going on. Um, I do too. Uh, it's yeah. like, it's crazy how, uh, some people in this thing are just like, I'm looking for something to do. They're bored out of their minds and other people are just like super busy. So, yeah, I've got so much. My, one of my new master's class started, so I'm super busy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get, so getting that brain action going. Yeah. Cool. So uh we got a we got an exciting show uh for this episode. It's gonna be kinda cool. But uh before we jump into that, I just was curious what you know, man. Oh hey, did you know that toilet paper um was invented in the eighteen fifties? <laughs> That's and, appropriate uh, for all the Rona crap we're going through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and then uh but here's the interesting thing. It could not be advertised as splinter free. Until 1935. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I, 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 um, I had a friend of mine in like fifth grade talking about splinter and we, they were, <laughs> they were, <laughs> they were building an addition on the back of their house and we found a two by 12 and we le- leaned it up against the fence and we were sliding down it. Mm-hmm. He, got, oh. he got a big old splinter right, right in the old, uh, the little twig and berries and uh, yeah he had to go to the emergency room it was bad (laughs) oh i'm sure yeah that's right (laughs) so anyways that that was a good did you know uh yeah i'm I'm glad they've progressed to now charmin soft man yeah yeah exactly (laughs) uh actually i just had when uh charmin was invented oh it was invented during the great depression oh cool it was one of the uh uh 1928 Mm-hmm. It was originally uh, uh, not introduced. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, advertised towards women because it was a feminine thing. <laughs> and so. the, yeah, all the men, all the men were like, hey, uh, "Yo, I want some of that soft." Good too. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's cool. There you go. There's, right. a, there's a did you know? Did you know? All right, cool. Hey, we're gonna have an amazing podcast uh, with Carnivore. Mike, and we're going to jump into that in just a second, but right now I just want everybody to sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back. Rosie, how you doing, man? S- still doing okay. <laughs> All right. 
Hey, we got a great guest tonight for the podcast. Uh, it's a longtime friend of mine, but uh, but uh, this is a an, an a, he has an amazing uh, company that he started with for a great cause and um, just an all around stellar dude. I've been wanting to have uh, him on the podcast for a long time just to pick his brain about some things because his life is just so incredible. And um, I just want to introduce to our audience, uh, Carnivore Mike. Carnivore Mike. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. I'm good. All good. So Got a little bourbon here and I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, this is the first guest ever to bring bring with them. And he's in studio, which is awesome, too. Uh, he brought a gift of bourbon with him. So. I ain't scared of Corona. <laughs> <laughs> the Rona runs from you, right? That's right. <laughs> Oh man, it's like that um, that meme I saw of Chuck Norris drinking out of a cup, and it says Cor- right, Corona, Corona, yeah. On it. Yeah. Coronavirus. When it goes to bed, it looks under it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about you, man. Yeah. Share with us what you're doing. Share with us what what Carnivore Mike Foxtrot is, and sure. and and what you've got going on. So, uh, I have a, a not because I'm some great guy or anything, but. Uh, Kind of a, a lifetime of service chose me. I didn't really choose it. I just kind of ended up there. Uh, 33 years of service between military and law enforcement. Uh, multiple injuries, ex, you know, explosions, have TBI, uh, PTSD uh, as a result of all that service. And we can talk later about PTSD because that means something different to me than a lot of people think. <laughs> uh, but two, two organizations specifically came alongside of me, Mission 22 and Boulder Crest, Virginia, uh, came alongside of me and really provided some uh, therapy, treatment to kind of get me straight. And so I just have wanted to be, uh, wanted to give back to those two organizations. And part of my therapy has been uh, that I discovered is the carnivore way of eating, which is... uh, that the easiest way to explain it is beef and water. Um, obviously, bourbon is not on there, but this is a special occasion. <laughs> so right. I have a little bit, a couple fingers of bourbon tonight. Uh, and through that way of eating, uh, I noticed that it really helped with some depression, anxiety. I wasn't aware that that was a byproduct of it, and I looked into it afterwards. And it is a, it is a common byproduct to assist with you know uh, the the anxiety and depression. And it kind of calms the ma- brain down. Fat is one of the uh, main fuels of the brain. And since I have a brain mm-hmm. injury in the TBI, it really helps out. So part of that, I, you know, there's a lot of people in the carnivore diet, carnivore way of eating. Uh, so I combined that with the military phonetic alphabet, Mike Foxtrot. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, <laughs> you can look that up. But uh, a lot like a vegan needs to tell everybody who they are, or a CrossFitter or a Navy SEAL needs to tell you who they are. Uh, I'm a carnivore, Mike Foxtrot, and you can look that up and <laughs> figure that out. But uh, basically, it's some T-shirts that focus on the carnivore way of eating, you know, uh, beef and water. Uh, and then I have an American flag shirt on there because we're all about America and supporting uh, veterans. And the... Uh, the proceeds, how that works, we're, we're still working with Mission 22 and Boulder Crest to figure out exactly how that's going to work once we pay all the bills. But a large sum of the pro- proceeds will go to Mission 22 and to Boulder Crest to support other veterans and the cause of Mission 22 and Boulder Crest. Awesome. So that's the that's the gist of it. I also started kind of a segue business, a uh, second business, 
Deadly Hands, Blood Money, and that's more of a military line. Those shirts are on Carnivore Mike Foxtrot because my site builder uh, got the Rona uh, <laughs> somewhere, and he is off the grid in quarantine and can't build my second site. So those are some, some cool shirts. So basically, really, the goal is to just raise money to give to these organizations to support veterans and first responders because a lot of times the cops firefighters get missed uh boulder crest they have a location in virginia a location in arizona and then a satellite location in georgia called uh camp southern grounds i never knew that yeah that's a that's a new one um and boulder crest also has a program for first responders and then they also have a program for once you go through their program called warrior path you can come back with your family and then you get to go through this uh therapy with your family and that really helps the veteran and first responders oh yeah that's awesome man so tell us a little bit about uh so that's where you are now right but there's there's a lot that led up to that sure in your background your past and um so if you don't mind open up a little bit about you know so uh i'm an old guy uh long in the tooth gray in the beard uh <laughs> i i joined the navy in 1987 and uh my daughter calls me forrest gump because i'm kind of that unassuming guy that just has ended up 33 years of service and ended up in these historical events uh and been a main player or a main part of a lot of these historical events and just been blessed to be there and contribute uh you know I, I served in desert storm uh saw combat there combat action medal winner there in desert storm and at some point um at the end of desert storm i came home and a friend of mine who was in law enforcement they were uh they were hiring and they said hey you'd be a perfect fit as in law enforcement so i was like yeah i'm in my four years was running out with the navy uh I had the option to stay, and I just felt like at that time I wanted to move on to something else. So I became a law enforcement officer. Again, 15 years there, uh, blessed. I did every job, every, I call it every low self-esteem, cool guy job you can find. (laughs) Um, Typically, you know, the alpha males are, we've all dad issues or mom issues, or we lost a high school football game. We're trying to recover that, (laughs) whatever that issue is. Uh, But I was... SWAT team guy, SWAT team commander. Uh, I was undercover. I was on the DEA task force. Uh, did just about every every one of those really cool guy jobs you could do. I did uh, hundreds, maybe, I don't know the exact number, hundreds, maybe a thousand real world entries as a SWAT team guy. And, and that's, wow. you know, kicking in the door and going into a house. Uh, real world hostage rescues. Um, somewhere we killed the hostage taker, somewhere we didn't. Uh, always saved the hostage. Uh, Probably one of my favorite stories is I was I was <clears throat> excuse me I was brand new on the SWAT team and a father had taken his wife and kids hostage and uh, me and another brand new guy showed up we were like the first first two SWAT guys to show up uh, the sniper showed up right with us so the commander sent the sniper out into the woods and he said you two you're the first guys. I need you to go up to the house. I need you to draw sketches of the house. You know, we do all, there's all these tactical things we do for intel and observation. Uh, so he and I sneak up to the house, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, can't see anything, and you know your imagination's running wild because 
you know, you're thinking Jason Voorhees and like monsters <laughs> and like, you don't know. Cause you don't know what you don't know, obviously. Uh, and so the, the sniper calls in and says, Hey, I can see him through the window. He has a high powered rifle on his lap. I think he had a shotgun and a pistol on the desk, big bottle of alcohol. And he's asleep in the house. We, I can tell he is, he is passed out asleep. So the, the commander says, okay, you and the other guy, you're going to sneak into the house and I want you to see if you can find the hostages and sneak them out of the house. <laughs> so he and I go in and, and I joke to this day, I run into him every once in a while. And I joke with him that we were like uh, sca- uh, Scooby and Shaggy. And then we <laughs> argue over who jumped into whose arms, but we kind of like, you know, do, do, do. we sneak into the house and, uh, clearly see the guy he's sitting there in the in one of these rooms so i cover down on him the other guy sneaks upstairs finds the uh the wife and all the kids sneaks them out and then we leave with the you know with the hostages which and then it turned it into a barricaded subject which is way easier and better to deal with tactically and uh and we went back in and got him and and it, it all ended well <clears throat> but it's just a funny story how you think you're a tough guy and then you're put in that situation and uh, really you're just, your teeth are clattering and you're trying to figure out who's more scared, you or the bad guy or your partner. <laughs> That's right. Um, but that was a good one. And, uh, many others, there's other hostage, uh, scenarios where we had to kill the hostage taker. And again, we rescued the hostage, which was great. Um, I did some really cool, uh, undercover work, which is where I met you, uh, Turner <laughs> yeah. while I was undercover. Uh, I, I was that, not yeah. the bad guy. Right. I, I want to. He was not the bad guy. Right. <laughs> this is a great story. You want, can I share it from my point of view? And then you can tell us your what happened on your end because I didn't right. get to see that part. So I was at the mall with uh, a buddy of mine, and we were. It was Christmas time, I think, and we were walking through, and my buddy says to me, "Oh, hey, there's there's Mike," and uh, and we look up, and you're walking towards us, and I had never met you, and uh, and you walked. And you just basically nodded your head right. and just kept going. And you looked like you were really pissed off is what it looked like. Right. And he's like, oh, that's weird. He's never he's never like that. And uh, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and then like a couple minutes later, all we hear is police sirens and people, you know, kind of running to where you went. And so we turn around and we walk back down there. And there's all these cops and uh, there's some dude like sitting on the ground with handcuffs and uh, he was pretty beat up (laughs) and you were like, you were there and then you left. Right, right. (laughs) So that my side of that story was I was a cover officer. So, I mean, I looked like I was some kind of biker guy, you know, that's the the role that we played. So I had the beard and the the tough guy clothes and probably a skull shirt and a beanie on. Uh, and so I was the cover officer following the actual undercover that was buying from him. And so, uh, you know, I, I just didn't, you can't associate anyone with what's going on. Plus I was all business mode. <clears throat> so at some point though, the deal went South and the undercover officer called fumble. And, uh, and so <laughs> I had to jump on the ball and, and we just ended up, you know, the guy resisted arrest and, um, and yeah, we won that day. So I, I will say we won that day in proper use of force, as always. And of course, uh, we restrained him, and 
You know what I hate though is when they resist arrest like that, and then you have to like you have to put their head through a sink, or you have to <laughs> use the hair. The, the hand. Like you got it. Like it, it's an accident. It's not. It's unfortunate, but that happens. You know. It does happen. It does occasionally happen. Plate glass windows. Right. Yeah. If these bad guys. Second story windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, he I, jumped. I'll, he, he jumped. jumped. <laughs> well, you know, people get scared. They run, right. you know, they don't know what to do, right. and they just, they don't think. And their natural reaction is to fight, and that can be a mistake sometimes. Right, yeah. So that's how I met you was right. uh, Christmas at the mall, and you were not playing Santa at all. <laughs> no. I was giving out presents. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So you you served as the, so you got out of the Navy, you right. served in the, in the, so in that, the SWAT. So police officer for 15 years, and then 9-11 happened, and, you know, I just, I saw friends of mine just giving up everything and, and going and getting back in. And I I didn't go right away because the, the right opportunity. I had many opportunities to go, but it just wasn't the – I didn't feel it was a blessed opportunity, the opportunity that I needed to take. Yeah, that was my direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually I just was, you know, I had to get back in. I just I knew that I couldn't let people go over and, and, and fight. I felt like it was, it was my, my duty to be there as well. And eventually I ran into somebody who just had an opportunity and they wanted me to come back in. And so, you know, the rest is history. I went back in and, and now the the career I had established from my prior Navy days and then my time as a SWAT officer, uh, it just, it led me right into this kind of subversive activities and high threat uh, type work. And I ended up, you know, uh, I don't know what the, the exact days, 1800 days plus maybe in Afghanistan, a little bit, a little bit of those days was in Iraq, but I was just more of a fan of Afghanistan. <laughs> and so like I said, a lot of days in Afghanistan, uh, a lot of, uh, of, of contact and, you know, I was in numerous explosions, breaching, um, and, you know, the, the byproduct of that now that we know, they didn't know that in the beginning, just like the NFL players, is that repeated concussion, that repeated uh, absorption of the those blows from the explosion eventually just will cause those, the synapse in the brain just says, yeah, I'm done, and it doesn't want to work anymore. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. So, uh, <clears throat> you add, you, but you're pretty, you're highly trained. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They, uh, um, they have spared no expense, um, and it has nothing to do with me. It's not like I'm some – I'm actually the opposite. I'm no super jock or super smart. It's just the repetition and the training and hmm. uh, a lot of hours on the range, a lot of hours hitting the house. Um, now, my benefit was those years as you know, as a police officer and on the SWAT team, like I said, hundreds, maybe a 1,000 entries in the real world, and on top of that – I spent that career practicing and uh, CQB and practicing those those hostage rescues. So by the time I got to the big game uh, in Afghanistan, uh, you know it was it was second nature. Um, I do a lot of training over the years. <clears throat> I've been blessed uh, to be mentored by uh, Tom Kyer is his name from SIOC Tactical Group. Uh, SIOC is a martial art based off of Filipino uh, eskrima and blade work. And then SIAC Tactical Group is a group of uh, individuals that train Tier 1, different Tier 1 military groups, uh, government groups, and really train the best of the best, and not just in combatives. 
uh, a lot of their training is based off of logic of thinking, mindset, um, if this, then that, and which is a big part. You know, a lot of people think, you know, combat is, you know, the all the fighting skills, but it's really a thinking man's game and that maturity of making the, the right decision. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the big things there that we learn in SIOC is uh, feeder versus receiver, that mentality. And basically, you know, th that gets confused. Uh, but basically when you are the feeder, no matter what is taking place, you do whatever you need to do to benefit you to come out as a winner. So, uh, a lot of people, you know, we use the example of like somebody with a knife and you don't have a knife. Most people would look at that and see that the the person with the blade is the feeder. But the type of mindset I have and my tribe has is that I'm still the feeder because I'm going to do whatever I need to do to take that blade away and stick it in your neck. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> and so that type of mentality, not saying that you won't get caught or you cut or hurt or, you know, that's again, it, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of layers to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a, you know, I've just been blessed with, with being a part of that, uh, that mental game and that mental training. Can I, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Cause I've often wondered this. Um, uh, so I, I don't know, you know, the different, uh, groups that are running, you know, operations, tactical stuff for, you know, chasing down bad guys. You always hear about the mindset. Right. And, um, one of the things that I always wanted to know was there was this something that you had from a young age that you could block out pain, you could just move past. So I think. So I had you know I don't you know my 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 father meant well, but the whole uh, adage you know nobody cares work harder. That's kind of how he was. Um, so yes, I think I was brought up with kind of that that type of mentality. Um, I do think that benefits, but also, you know, we talk a lot about in, in the Sioc tribe about the install and, mm. and we work a lot on the install of that mindset. Again, whether it's in uh, pain compliance or logic of thinking, if then, then, you know, if this, then that mm -hmm. type of training. Uh, so we work, we work heavily on that. So no, I, I, yes, I do think I have a background in it. But it's also you are able to install that. Um, What's the biggest obstacle to succeeding with the install? Uh, probably, you probably the modern day society, their uh, the the view of the modern day society on violence and how that's a. It's a to us. It's just a business, you know. And I, I know that sounds cold-hearted, and I don't, it, I don't mean it as a tough guy, but it's a business, you know. When you're in the world of someone's trying to kill you, then you need to be in that world too, and, and it's a business decision. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say that the you are fighting the install of of modern society that's telling you you need to be a softer and gentler and you know politically correct. Right. Yeah. Male or female, it doesn't matter because we have all we have all in 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 this type of world um, that deals with violence, um, and really, uh, I'm going to steal from Jack Donovan, and it's violence is golden, and that's the golden rule is violence. And when hmm. you're in that world, like you have to be prepared for it. And uh, you know, we have a saying in in that we we use. It's called "kill your clone," 
Hmm. And I'm taking this from Syak and, and Tom just talked about this on another podcast. But uh, so kill your clone means every night at midnight, you are going to meet your clone and fight them to the death. So you have to have done something that day to better yourself to kill your clone. And again, it's mistaken. It doesn't have to be combat related. It could be right. poetry. It could be opening a business like Carnivore Mike Foxtrot. It could be anything that betters you or betters others that makes you better than your clone was yesterday. Um, so it's a progress. It's a progression. It's, it's a. It is a. Yes, it's a progression. Killing, killing the old, killing the old, and and adding in new. Yeah. Um. Again, it could be it could be physical fitness. It could be starting a new diet. It could be uh, I'm going to read a book today, one chapter in a book. You know, whatever it is. You know, typically we relate it to, you know, some type of combat or some type of violence. But that's that's not exactly where it's at. It could be any, you know, I'm going towards my master's or my bachelor's degree. Right. Something mm -hmm. to better yourself. That's better than your clone was yesterday. Cool. So. I always imagined in my head, because I see when I was thinking about it, I was like, how do they, I wasn't thinking about the install. Right. That, that, that went past me. What I was thinking about is how are they turning stuff off so they can just keep moving forward? Mm. That's okay. what I was thinking about. Like, how does that, but, but what, what's more important is what you just explained was the install. Mm. If you don't get the install right, then you're going to be in that situation and you're not going to have what it takes. Right. And, and you're going to fail. And it could be fatal. Exactly, and that's the beauty of the beauty of being in a situation where you can just like this is the reality. This is what I have. Here are my options. And then you have to you have to you know a lot of times we, you know we get uh, paralysis by analysis, hmm. and we want to yeah. we want to try to figure out all of these different options. What could I do? And uh, you know, I'm going to go to, it's called the OODA loop. Um, it stands mm -hmm. for uh, yeah. observe, orient, decide, act. Yeah. And we're, we're big on that. And uh, that's that's done by John Boyd. He's a famous fighter pilot from the Air Force. He revolutionized air-to-air -air combat. But really, the OODA loop can be used, and it, it can be used in finances. It can be used in hand-to-hand -hand fighting. Uh, and once you understand how the OODA loop works, and we can talk about that later or, or another time or whatever you want, uh, but it has to do with making the decision based on what's what's confronting you. Mm -hmm. And it could be like, so I use the example, it could be close to close contact or it could be take Desert Storm. When Saddam Hussein uh, put his troops on the Kuwaiti border, we could see that by satellite or how, you know the imagery they had. But we weren't in a place where we could react to that. So our Oja Loop, was we were too far out of their OODA loop. So it could be that distance trying to make that decision, mm -hmm. or it could be one-on-one -on -one where I'm having some type of altercation with you and I'm looking for your tell for when you're going to be violent. And then I'm going to mm -hmm. try to go first to get inside of your OODA loop. So <laughs> that, uh, again, it's all training. Like it's not, it's not by mistake. And a lot of people think that, you know, being good at, at, at this type of lifestyle is by mistake or, you know, I, I don't, I don't know exactly how to boil that down. How it's very simple. They think it's very simple, but it's a lifetime of being a scholar right. and being a student of, of the game, being yeah. a student of the game and practicing. And that logic of th thinking, actually, people that are really good at this or do it a lot are are, are pretty smart and yeah. uh, at least in this area of figuring it out. 
Um, and the, you Did, know, the, 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 you know, how do you block out being injured? I mean, you don't really, I mean, a lot of times it, it, it sucks. You know, you know, I've talked about, I got shrapnel on my eyeball in the field and I had to, I had to just deal with that until, you know, the only way I could get that shrapnel out was they dug it out with a needle in the field. Mm. Like it was, you know, um, so yeah, so I'm laying on my back with the dock and a needle. They're like, Hey, I, I don't have anything to give you, but this thing's sticking out of your eye and we really need to get it out. But I have a needle. Okay, doc, let's do this. So, you know, you like here, bite down on this belt and then <laughs> <laughs> they take the needle oh and he gosh. dug it out. So I'm laying on my back and he's like, I watched this needle going into my eye and he's digging out this, this piece of shrapnel, um, so that I can get up and get moving. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. but what do you do? There's no, like at that point, like you chose poorly in your profession, if you can't suck that up and, and deal with it, if, you know, that sounds harsh and it's <laughs> harsh and basic, poorly. but you chose poorly. Um, and those are all things that, you know, it's a, it's a mindset game that's prepped long before you're in that situation you're big in visualization uh mm. you know it's the same things that professional athletes do the olympic athletes do that yeah. visualization and prepping and practicing and when you're in it you're kind of been there a thousand times already so it's really an elite class like you're in a it's in an elite group of people like when they say elite well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like elite athletes how you get you get these you know, professional athletes, boxers, MMA guys or whatever. And they like, they live, breathe this. There's a lot of second nature that just kicks in. Right. But you don't have to be an in, an elite individual to make that install. Hmm. It's just a, you choose it as a lifestyle. Like a mindset. Right. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't start running through your scenarios when you're in the scenario. Right, you have it's to. It's too late, right? You have to prep yourself. Now, yeah, there, there are circumstances where people have done it, yes, but it typically you have to start living that as your lifestyle. I think you saw, Rosie. Were you going to say something? Uh, I was going to say uh, one really interesting thing. Just kind of touching on something you had talked about just a little bit ago. So I hope I'm not backtracking too much. But one thing I have uh, a number of friends that are all in the military or ex-military or you know, served. And one of the big things that I noticed with all the guys in common are they're all, uh, they read a lot of, um, like history, military history, right, right, like yes. books about, uh, you know, the Celis scouts or, you know, these great things the, like that. Thermopylae and yeah, the 300 and yes. Right. Right. Yeah. So is that all kind of like the helping with the mental, um, like I think most installing you know, a new different kind of way of uh, thinking that might come. I, I don't know how to describe it properly, but no, definitely, definitely, you're on the right track. I, I think too. Like, I am, and most guys, most people that I know in the community are thirsty for knowledge to be the best mm -hmm. that we can be. Uh, and a lot of that is because of the person that stands next to you, because you want to be there for that teammate. Uh, tribe member, however you want to call it, so that we're the best version of ourselves to win. That's really <laughs> the goal: is to win as a community and to win as uh, whatever you know, whatever we're doing, whatever it could be. Um, sure. Whether it's a business or in combat, but yes, yes. I mean, the reading part is a huge aspect, and you know, most guys I know that I travel in my unit, 
travel with a Kindle or, you know, a couple guys travel with the old school books. Um, mm -hmm. But we're always comparing, you know, the different books that we're reading or what, what our reading is. And Do they ever right. like look at the dude, like the guy that, is there always like that one guy on the team that's just like a knucklehead and like literally everybody looks at him and they just ask him. Why are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of jokes like that. There's There's a lot until... Until one is, and then they write like, <laughs> yes. Until I had, I had a guy on my team, and um, <laughs> that's funny. Yes, and uh, <laughs> one of the first, first outright gay Navy SEALs, and he wrote a big book about it. And, wow. Yeah, he um, was on your team. Yeah, and he was competent, and no, well, I hope so. You know, knocked it out, and and well, I don't think know, you're going to get to that level uh, without. I mean, they're not going to pass you. Like right. they're not. Oh, he's gay. Just give him the pass. We need right. To, no. It's no. They're, they're not going to do it. And nobody, that. nobody cared. Like, hey, are you? Can you shoot people in the face? Like that's what we're looking for. <laughs> are you good with that? Okay, we're good. Like, <laughs> right. Are yeah. you coming back for me? Yeah. Then you're good. Yeah. So, uh, so, anyways, I w when you we we're talking about the install and you're talking about the mindset and just uh, it's kind of like it, it's uh, this whole lifestyle that you've kind of put yourself into. Right. And it's been a long course of time. Now you're talking to over 20 years. Right. 33, about 33 years. So 33 yeah. years. I joined and, in 1987 between that and the cop and then back in. And you're dealing with almost every scenario that you're dealing with for work-wise is going to be a negative situation in the sense of somebody's mm -hmm. bad and somebody wants you dead. Right. Typically. Right. Typically, right. So, or at least you feel that way. Yeah. It might not even be that, but you're prepped for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you go out you go out or you you prep and do the mission as if hey this i'm going to put it down tonight this is it like yeah. we're going to finish this um <laughs> yeah and yes yeah so you're going to finish the work what um you and i were talking about the coffee mindset right and you had a story you were sharing right. with me so um well also i'll talk about uh, i'll jump into that but i wanted to cover like that that second and third order effect of, of okay being at home now um mm -hmm. Like there's there's a scene in the movie The Hurt Locker, and a lot of people don't like that movie, but there is a scene. They say it's not real, but uh, I don't care. It wasn't an army or a bomb guy, but uh, <laughs> there's a scene in there when he comes home after all this combat, and he goes to the grocery store, and he's trying to pick cereal, and that's like such a true feeling. Like you're like, there's hundreds of choices of cereal, and I just came from a place where. Remember when I got like two choices of cereal right. and everybody's trying to kill me. So um, <laughs> to, for me, that just kind of summed up like how you feel when you get back here. Everyone kind of has forgotten the wars going on. Everyone forgets mm -hmm. like, you know, and um, and they just expect that you're going to come home and shut the, you know, the gate, your white picket fence when you walk in. And then you're going to go put the cleats on the kids and you're going to the soccer game and everything's good. And it's just, it you know, that's, you know, going down that PTSD role is... A lot of people think it just has to do with, oh, I had to be violent, I had to kill people or whatever. For most guys, it they don't they don't care. Like that's part of the job. They're 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 down with that. That's not an issue. It's just when you come home, your parameters have now changed. So you're still in that parameter of everybody is. You're not paranoid because everyone is trying to kill you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they validated that. So now you come home and you have to try to just switch that back to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm soccer dad right. or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah, it's just, it, that's, that's where a lot of the problem is and, and guys just don't feel normal in that environment. I don't know what, you know, what the answer is. There's, you know, well, how can um, it be there? It's not, right. it's not made normal. Right. Like that's not a, there is no scenario that that's normal. Right. 
and it's, it's okay. Right. And that's, that's one of the problems with a lot of the therapy is people telling you, Hey, you're going to be, you are normal and they're not, you're, you're not normal and you're not going to be normal. <laughs> right. So you got to get that, you got to get that square that, Hey, I'm not normal. Now I got to figure out some new coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to, you know, be as, as normal as I can be, I guess. I hate even the word normal, but right. yeah. uh, healthy. And that's right. Healthy. Right, as healthy as you can be. So, what's the percentage of guys that run in your circles that are that are really gonna? This is, this is gonna be an issue for them. Uh, I would say it's it's pretty high. I don't know what the number is, but most guys don't recognize it until it's too late. Right. And my story was, uh, so the you know, again, I have a lot of days in Afghanistan, and probably I should have stopped traveling probably two years before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had reached that, I had reached that saturation point. Um, the wild card in this is my wife, who's been a cop for 25, 26 years, hmm. very alpha. Uh, her attitude was, you know, uh, head down, keep moving, right. which is right. my attitude, head down, keep moving. Like, And I can attest to that. You're, yes. You're, right, you're, right. Most of your family's that way. Right. And yeah. she's tougher than I am. Yes. She shoots better than me too. Um, <laughs> but my kids have been raised that way. That's how I am. That's how she is. <clears throat> so when, you know, looking back, we both said, oh yeah, we knew it years ago that, hey, you probably should have stopped. But it just wasn't, it just wasn't in us to stop. It just was, you keep, you just keep moving forward. So mm-hmm. at some point I was talking to another good friend of mine in the community, uh, true badass green beret special forces like just killed all kinds of people and uh he's been around and somehow he picked up on our phone conversation that mike's that guy so a couple hours later i get a phone call from the founder of mission 22 wow who says hey we want to get you some help and i'm like i don't i don't need help i got a sword tattoo i don't need help that's (laughs) have you seen my tattoos that's a sword um And so, however he worded it, it wasn't that I was suicidal or however I took it, I said, no, you don't get it. Like if I was suicidal, I would just kill myself. And he was like, yes, you just validated my point. That's what I'm saying. In a couple months, someone's going to say, hey, remember Mike? Yeah, Yeah. he killed himself. Right. So that kind of resonated with me. And um, and then the the steps were in place. Uh, But the problem was, uh, and I'll circle back to how many guys, I haven't forgot that. The problem was there's so many guys in line trying to get treatment. Right. There's no room. There's no funding. And you just can't get in. And there's probably a lack of a, of a sufficient amount of qualified people. To help. To, yeah. Exactly. To help. And so the mm-hmm. answer, the VA's answer is, and you know this, is let's throw meds at them. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the number is. 27%, 32%, whatever. It increases the rate of suicide on yeah. those meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 22. Right. So a lot of guys will increase, they'll take the meds and then and they kill themselves. Um, and the actual, the number 22 a day is wrong because I think it's California and Texas do not report their veteran suicides. Oh, wow. Wow. So two, they actually think states. the number, exactly, the two biggest mm-hmm. states, they actually think the number is above 100, maybe more. Wow. Because they don't report those veteran suicides. So That's more than Rona kills in a day. Right. Well, well, I don't know yet. We're not sure. We're, let's see. <laughs> right. We have to do the mass graves in New York and see. Right. What, yeah. um, I'm so, I'm not making light no, of that. No, no, I, I get, I I get just, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm checking. I'm a little um, bitter with the Rona yeah, figures. I, so. I get it. Um, so 
most guys, by the time they go, to answer your question, most guys, by the time they go for treatment, they have surrendered. And that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Like, once once you let your guard down and you're like, wow, like, yeah, like, I, I need help, man. Like, when I drive by a tree, I think not, and it's not in a suicidal way. It's just like, wow, what would it be like to just drive my car into that as mm-hmm. fast as I could? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just like, what would happen? Like, weird things like that. Um, so by the time I got there, you know, uh, I was, I had surrendered and I was ready, whatever you need, whatever you need me to do. Like I'm willing to, I'll say whatever, I'll pretend whatever, I'll get an address and do a play, whatever you need me to do to try to figure out how I can, and get these brain waves back to normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of guys don't go. Yeah. And so you think that it's because the, it feeds into that. I can, I've been handling, I've been handling death. I can handle exactly. this. Right. Well, I think it's it's a societal, it's a, um, you know, an alpha male mentality not to ask for help. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people when, when they have those issues in the, you know, with their mind or mentally, they're not thinking clearly their, their reality is different. Yeah. And, and, and again, they're alpha. I'm going to handle this. Yeah. I'm going to bring a permanent solution to this temporary problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where they end up with uh because you know uh, and and i said this to my family like i am a burden right and and i cannot be a burden yeah so you know because you're trained also to be the guy that they can depend on right and have a solution i'm not the guy that's that's in the back so if i'm a problem slowing everyone down yeah if i'm a problem the solution is to remove myself from the equation Wow. wow and a lot of guys think that way wow so you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what's my shelf life? That's how they kind of think. My shelf life is over. Like, I no longer have a mission. I no longer have any service wow. to this, you know, to this family or this organ, whatever, whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. And well, I can know, imagine that. Like, there's a brotherhood that's pretty strong. When you go through battle to face death, and you and you conquer, <clears throat> I can imagine that that puts some it knits knits like. It does. It does. However, how you dealt with it is different than how I dealt with right. it. Right. Right. And if I call you with my stuff, and your cup is full, right. Now Which... I'm pulling my cup. I'm pouring my cup into your cup. Right. And so, it's almost like you can't always rely on others. So, so the only time you can rely on them is, and man, this sounds cliche, like a big sales pitch, and I don't want it to sound like that, but. That's where I'm at. I'm on the back end. I've come through it. And now I can't be a therapist, but right, right. I can try to help get guys to who can yeah, be a therapist. That's right. That's right. So when you're in it, you can't give anything because, man, you're just trying not to stick sharp things in your throat. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just trying to make it. Uh, but once you come out of it, now you're that guy. Now I can probably provide some help. But when you're in it, you just, you're just not there. Like you're barely surviving because of the way you handled it is different than the way I handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say like, there, I know there's this, uh, there's this really good analogy that I've always heard, um, for people that are in recovery, you know, like there's, uh, uh, you know, like someone is in like this big crater, you know, so to speak, or this big hole and like all these people keep walking by it and whatever. And, mm. You know, yeah. like a doctor's walking by and he's like, oh, you should do this to get out of it. You can, you know, do this and that. And, 
you know, like, so, you know, all these people keep walking by and eventually, you know, this other guy walks in and hops down inside. Right. And says, and then, you know, the guy that's originally there is like, Hey, you know, what are you doing now? We're both here. And the other guy, the, the guy that jumped down says, you know, yeah. yeah, but I've been here before. I can show you how to get through it. Right. I know the way out. And yeah, yeah. I know the way out. So, uh, is that, I mean, that's kind of like what it is, is, you know, almost in a no, very, uh, it's a very, it, yes, that's a good analogy and a good story. Um, yeah. you have to be selfish first to take care of your own crap right, exactly. and, and then you and can you know, go back and yeah, that's one of the, <clears throat> that's one of the lessons, all of these, most of these, uh, anyway, um, the, the, these organizations or the therapy, it's like mm -hmm. a plane. Like if you're in there with your kid, you don't put the oxygen mask on your kid first, you put the oxygen mask on right. so you don't pass out. Right. Right. And that's, and that's really, and it's totally it against the mindset. Totally. Yeah. So totally right. that's the hardest part about Again, it. Not just normal, but for me, you got to save everybody. Right. Like I'm here to <laughs> say, you know, I'm here to save you. Um, but really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to save yourself and, and you got to work that shit out but with you yourself. Don't even, and... You don't even have to say it. Like I've said it to you before. I'm like, right. I remember you and I had a conversation one time. This is the best, this is the right. best thing you ever said to me. It was so great. <laughs> I asked you if you were a prepper and you're like, no, I'm not a prepper. You're almost like offended. And I was right, like, right. All right, cool, man. I'm like, I'm like, whatever. I'm like, what are you gonna? What? I said, what? I I think I asked you if I could be the chaplain of of your uh, of when it all go when it hits the fan, uh, if I could just be the chaplain of whatever group you're a part of that survives this thing. And I said, what do you, you don't prep, what do you do? And you go, oh, I just go take it from the guys that do prep. <laughs> and I just laughed so hard. I'm not so sure I said that. I'm not so sure that was me. I don't know. It may That's... not have been you. <laughs> it may have been. I don't but know. but the, my, whole, I, my whole point in that is that uh, there's people that begin to look to you and you don't need them to look to you. Right. Like you right. need the help. It's like the guy with the broken leg can't help the other guys. Right. He needs the help. And right. he needs that oxygen mask, like you were saying, which is a great great analogy that right what um what's the like your wife is is extraordinary because she actually has some she's been equipped for high stress situations right. and and some of what you've gone through right but a lot of these wives well i'll tell you, you know, spouses um, don't have that yeah and 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 even with the training she's had it was hard and we didn't know it to the point she ended up going to border crest as well yeah um, because what it's actually worse a lot of times for the spouse and the family because mm -hmm. they don't focus on themselves. Right. Uh, they focus on, you know, that first responder or veteran who the family member is. And so for many years, she was the sole provider yeah. and a cop. And, you know, uh, you know, the second and third, who, who's to say what the second and third order effects of you know, the, the kids or the wife, we're still figuring all that out, you know, where, right. that, where yeah. that all lays. But she didn't pick up on, you know, the, the trauma and the issue. She was not only just from being a cop alone, like her right. trauma and her PTSD from doing that every day. And then dealing with me, I, I came home probably for about five years. I would sleep in a sleeping bag because hmm. wow. I couldn't sleep in a bed. Right. You know, and yeah. you, you hear those stories and, and it's true, man. I couldn't sleep in a bag. I, the same sleeping bag I took to Afghanistan, I would just roll it out on the floor and crawl up in there and I would sleep like a baby. I would mm. sleep just, I would have great sleep as, as far as sleep goes. Now, that's a funny story as well. Uh, one night, <laughs> one night, my daughter got a phone call late and I heard her side of it. And all she said was, oh no, don't worry about it. He, he doesn't sleep. He just waits. 
And so <laughs> when she hung up, I asked her, I was like, what was that all that? She was like, oh, that was so-and-so. They called and they were worried that it was late and she didn't want to wake you up. And so I just told her, like, you don't sleep, you just wait. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't, like, I just, you know, that, that alertness to this day, like, you know, I hear a noise and I'm up, what? What right. you know, I'm up, so they just say, "Oh, my dad doesn't sleep." He just yeah, when, whenever you and I sit in, in a coffee shop, um, I, I, it's almost frustrating to talk to you because right. you're constantly scanning the room, right. and I'm like, "Is he? Did he just hear what I said, or did he?" You know, <laughs> but I hear it all. That's what like I hear it all. I engage, and again, that's that install of, yeah, everything. But that takes its toll, man. You're, you're. I right. call it the curse of the warrior, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you're constantly. Like you're just never off. Like sometimes you just want to be, but it's just ingrained, but it's saved my life before, you know, it's literally saved my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you wanted a story. And so I'll tell my, my coffee story. Yeah. Uh, It's one of my, one of my, my kids love this story and they ask me to tell it all the time. Um, I'm a big coffee drinker, just black coffee. Um, And I, I was overseas one time and, and overseas black coffee is not common. So that's where the, the drink Americano came from because the Americans wanted strong coffee. So they would put shots mm. of espresso with water. But where I was, there was a place that had good, true, just black, you know, really strong coffee. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big MMA, BJJ, you know, fighter guy. I mean, I can't beat anybody, but I love to do it. Um, but I love to watch the UFC. So the UFC comes on overseas. It comes on early in the morning. <clears throat> so we were working really late. And my plan was, I'm going to go get one of those really good coffees, and then I'm going to go sit and watch the UFC. So we ended up working extra late. And the, the, the pre for this is that, again, the mindset, the install of being a feeder versus a receiver is like you're never out of the fight. You're always trying to prep to be the winner. Mm-hmm. So we get back. Now, I'm not going to say where we were, but... Uh, I run, it's really late. It's like two in the morning. And I know this place closes at like, you know, one thirty, two o'clock, whatever it is. So I, I sprint up into the center of the city and I get to this, this place and they're still open and I get a, you know, extra large black coffee and it's really, really hot. Uh, so I'm walking back. I'm like, okay, I can, I'm going to get back. And, uh, this is perfect. I'll probably make myself some dinner and then I'll have this coffee and I'll watch the UFC. And so, there's a park in the center of this city. And during the daytime, the park is, man, it's nice. And people are walking their dogs and their kids. And there's flowers and a koi pond. And But once the sun goes down, it turns into I am legend. <laughs> so it got so bad with muggings and, and incidents in the park. You, we weren't allowed to go in the park after dark. Wow. Any Americans, any any U.S. citizens were not allowed in the park at night. So if I go through the park, I can get to my apartment in about 20 minutes, 15 minutes. But if I have to go all the way around, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Oof. Mm. All the way around to the other side of town. So I have my coffee. I walk up to the edge of this park. It's really lit. It's lights everywhere. But when you get to the park, it's just pitch black, like just a wall of black. And so I'm standing there and I'm like, you know, again, man, that's a sword tattoo. (laughs) And then on this arm, I have a skull tattoo. Like, 
no one's gonna mess with me. Like, I got, hey, come on, no one's gonna mess with me. And plus, I got a big plus, beard. And and you're not short. You're like I'm, what six two, six, six three, two, six three. So I, yeah. I was taller until I got blown up and I lost some inches in my neck. <laughs> but um, so I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. No one's gonna mess with me. So I go into the park, and I'm about a hundred yards into this park. And out from behind a tree, a guy steps out and starts yelling at me in a foreign language. Mm. So I just kind of try to ignore it. I step to my left and he steps, matches my step and sticks his hand in his pocket. So all of this now, from here on out, it's like split second, hundreds of a whatever. It's really fast. This is all going to go fast, but I'm going to tell you what's going on in my head. The part that I haven't told you is for years pre this as part of my install in my practice i thought wow i drink a lot of coffee and it's hot so that would be a great weapon of opportunity mm -hmm. to throw some hot scalding coffee into someone's face so i had been practicing over the years to pop the lid off of coffee <laughs> to throw it into someone's face only you only you <laughs> so so when he steps in front of me and again now we're going to go into the mindset so your typical person would think like, oh my God, I'm about to get mugged. You know, I'm probably going to die. I'm thinking I'm about to win the gold medal in the Olympics. Like, this is great. I am about, <laughs> I've practiced this for so many years, right? I've been going through the dunk tank and how I'm finally going to outer space as an astronaut. I practiced and the, the original astronaut got pulled off the flight line and I'm the replacement astronaut. I'm getting going, getting to go out into outer space. So he's yelling at me, he shoves his hand in his pocket and it's taking place. It's going now. You can't stop it. As a hitman would say, you got to pay twice as much to stop it as you did to start it. <laughs> so I popped the lid of the cup. It's falling to the ground. I'm looking right at him in the face. And the beauty of it was I saw his eyes track the lid as it started to fall to the ground. And he knew as well as I knew it was up. Yeah. This was done. <laughs> he may not have wanted to admit it to himself, but it was done. So he's, he's still like he stops in mid mid sentence as he's tracking that lid all the, again all this is in, in hundreds of seconds or whatever that you know that smart guy talk for set for seconds so i start i start to throw the coffee and again this is mindset and training literally in my head my head is talking to me and it's like hey mike and i'm like yes self and self <laughs> says because i was going to let go of the coffee and transition to a, a handgun that I had on me. And myself says, hey, Mike, if you let go of the cup, the cup may twist in the air and none of the hot coffee will get on him. And then we're gonna, like, we're not gonna get that impact. So Mike, hold on to the cup and make that little, little jerk with your hand so that the coffee comes out of the cup and fully scalds him in the face. And then we'll see where it lands from there. And I was like, self, that's a great fucking idea. <laughs> so I let go of the coffee, splashes him in the face. He starts screaming like the best, the best analogy I have is like the wicked witch in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and he starts screaming like he's melting, like it's a, the hot coffee's burning his face. And I'm not a big kick people in the groin guy, but we do, we do kick a spike kick to the, we call it the A-frame. So I had these big steel toe boot combat boots on and he's screaming. He presents that A-frame to me. 
And I stepped into that guy and I kicked him as hard as I could right there in the taint, you know, uh, in between the two places because it taint one and it taint the other. And he, the, there's a bundle of nerves that are completely wide open right there. Completely knocked him out. He fell straight down wow. like a building that, wow. uh, you know, like when they implode a building straight down. I thought I'd killed the guy. Stopped, no sound, just straight down, fell down into a lump of of probably feces and urine, um, maybe blood, I don't know, uh, and coffee. And <laughs> so I just, I looked at him for a second and I just turned around and ran out of the park. Um, wow. And I did go back and the next day I told one person, but since we, <clears throat> that's how it works, you know, in the military is I wouldn't have gotten a praise for saving the day. I would have gotten in trouble for going in the park. So, right. Right. so I just didn't tell anybody except for my, my, my guy, my right hand man. Right. Um, yeah. But the guy was gone the next day, and so he didn't some, die. Somebody picked him up. Somebody picked him up, drug him off, probably stole his clothes. Or whatever, <laughs> but that's it's it's a mindset. There's a whole like, there's right. layers to that story on mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. and how that played out. Like I didn't just end up there and throw the coffee on him, or any of those other discussions. Like that spike kick, I practiced a thousand times. Right. You know the the, the mental talk, the visualization, the coffee. Uh, and even if I had it to transition to my handgun, I've done that a thousand times. So it's right. all about that install. Um, What's yeah. amazing is you actually reasoned to not go for your handgun, which is probably your first instinct in that situation. Like that's going to be uh, like lethal. Well, the problem is, <clears throat> again, no, because I really wasn't at a level of where I could have de you know, deployed or employed lethal force. So. Hmm. I really wasn't there yet. I don't know what it was in his pocket. I don't right. know. Um, so you pulled a kill. Like that's, you're not going to just have him lay down on the ground and. No, no, no. I right. would, that's not my, that's not our gig. We're not, uh, right. we're not cops or anything like that. No. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, you match that violence or, or we don't match. We go above the violence. So, yeah. um, you're never a one Did it for feel a good? one. Did it feel good? Like when you were done, like when you walked away, you were like, Damn, that that was well, like I've been wanting to do that for so long. No, because I was worried about getting in trouble. Because oh. that's how it goes. Like <laughs> so you that's how even you enjoy get. It. No, because it's like I was in the park. You like, couldn't Shh, even enjoy it. You were. In, I was in the park. Like I can't tell <laughs> So I went and told my you know again my best friend. Right. And uh and he and I have been deployed many times back to back. Or you know like hey, yeah this is it. Like hey okay save one bullet for ourselves. You know that type of thing. Yeah. Uh so I went and told him and he was like, oh, you're going to get in trouble because you were in the park. You know, same thing. So for years, I didn't even tell the story because you're not supposed to be in the park. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I got more in trouble for wrecking a truck than killing the wrong guy one time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's how it works in the most, like, like you wrecked a brand new truck. But, yeah, yeah, but those are really expensive. They are. Was yeah, it, it was a really Humvee or like a nah, suburban was, thing? Uh, uh, it was a Chevy, I think. Yeah. It was a really nice brand new. It's probably eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollar. Oh yeah. Four door, armored up, right? Truck, yeah. Sweet, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool, <laughs> man. That's a cool story. I like that. I, I like how uh, yourself was talking to yourself and uh, in the middle of it. I've actually been in situations like that. I I used to like. I'm no like. I'm I'm a n literally nobody. Well, it's but, all relative. It's all relative. Yeah, I mean, in high school, I wrestled, and I can remember a guy set me up for this move that I'd been practicing and he just, he just literally stepped right into setting it up for me. Right. And I executed and it was, I look like 
the most amazing wrestler ever. Right, right, right. right They're right. like, how in the world? And I was like, he just set me up. Like, right. Well, no, but you practiced that a thousand times. That's the thing. Like, how many times did you? Hundreds of times. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you practiced it, and that's five. the install. Five right? times. Five times. That's mm -hmm. more than he did. Right. right. <laughs> the, he, the more than he practiced the counter. Right. So mm -hmm. it worked. He, he was a noob too. And that's... I, I tell like it's funny when I say, "Hey, self. Hey, yeah, Mike." Um, yeah. I tell it that way, so it's funny. But also to reiterate the point, that's literally what's going on. That's self-talk. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. sometimes your brain needs to just tell you, get the fuck up and get moving. Right. Or mm -hmm. get up if you need to if you need to take that out of there because I said the F word. No, that's um, fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you, you need that. And that's I tell it funny like that, but that's really how the install takes place. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you are talking to yourself. You are that visualization. But it really went down that way. I mean, I can tell you many times where I've had those – in combat or driving or, or numerous situations yeah. where you do talk to yourself and it's it is a um a self or it's self-talk yeah but it's yeah. like another voice so let's I've, yeah go I, ahead rosie i was gonna i have kind of a question that might be a really weird one but it's just popped in my head so has there ever been a time where so obviously obviously like you're able to differentiate like your brain saying okay this is you know uh taking you know taking in all the information and it's like this is calculating do this do this do this has there ever been a time where you've heard uh maybe a little supernatural or maybe you would say it was god or someone like that where your brain just a voice from outside of yourself like told you do this instead or anything like that has that uh, i'm just you know i mean i am a believer i'm a christian and mm -hmm. and you know, I don't ask people, are you a Christian? I say, are you a believer? Because to me, there's a difference in being a Christian and being a, like, I believe right. in the magic and swallowed by a whale and he fed the masses mm -hmm. and all the, you know, the magical, you know, <laughs> biblical walk on water stuff. Um, I, I do believe that there is a supernatural like spirit world that has an angel. I don't know if it's an angel, you know, right. right. You know, uh, I do believe that I've had that whisper. Maybe that wasn't me <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and, and, like get up and get moving yeah. and, and shortly after that someone was there that if I'd, I'd been where I was it would have been bad and you know a lot of guys in my units are dead you know my the mm. unit like they're dead they're not here mm. um and you know I I don't I don't know but I do believe it yes I do believe it yes I have had that whisper um yeah hmm. wow yeah, I mean, I can imagine you belong to the Lord. He's gonna, you know, He's gonna speak. Right, <laughs> I do. And you know, it does. Yeah. And you know, I also believe, though, as a Christian believer, whatever, uh, you're not protected. Like you're not. Sometimes you're not going to be pulled, f plucked from right, right. from death or danger. Well, um, you are. So I do believe we that. are plucked for from eternity. Death, for eternity, right? right. right. So but just you're not going right. to. You can't jump in front of a train, right. And think that he's going to magically. Yeah, lift bullets you. are going to stop. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I did. I did want to. I wanted to circle back to a story about my wife. Um, it's a, just an excellent story about like what you were talking about. So, uh, my whole my whole team got blown up. Now I was I had been sent to a different location, and my whole team they were blown up. And uh, one of the guys that got killed, someone had gone home to his funeral and they had videotaped it. And so a couple of weeks later, I walked in on them playing this funeral. Excuse me. I did not know that that's what I was walking in on. But as I walked in, this like five or six year old daughter on the video rushes the coffin. Oh, man. And they're like, yeah. daddy, daddy, daddy. 
And so I walked in on that and then I realized, and it crushed me. And so I totally related that to me and my daughter. I was in the coffin. I was the guy that died. My daughter was left fatherless. Um, and I have five other kids, so six total. So they were all left fatherless. Wife was widowed. Um, so I went back to my room, a hooch. It was a little um, Connex box. And I sent an email to the wife and I said, I'm done. Like, I've got enough days. There's enough new guys that can come in. Um, I'm packing my bags. I'm going to get an emergency flight out of here. I'm done. I'm hanging it up. So I, I start packing my bag. And while I'm packing my bag, um, and this goes back to head down, moving forward. I hear my email, ping, and I turn around and I open the email. It's from the wife, and it was one sentence. And ironically, people in my house today will yell this. If someone's whining in my house, they will yell this. And the one sentence she said was, you were chosen to be a hero, so act like one. Nice. And so I was <laughs> like, yeah, right. And I wow. was like, Wow. Well, fuck, I can't go home now. Yeah. So I had to unpack and stay and got my head straight, shook me out of it. Yeah. But, you know, that's, wow. like, if not me, then who? And sometimes you get lost in that, you know, and you, yeah. you start carrying that burden of other people. Yeah. Um, but again, as a joke, like yeah. people will yell that someone's whining. You'll hear, you'll hear a kid. It could be a nine-year-old. Hey, act like a hero. You know, and they'll yell from <laughs> the other room, um, which of course pisses that person off that's whining. So, yeah, um, right. But yeah, just you know, that's that's kind of that mindset. Cool. Um, yeah. So what's the what's the future for uh you know for for carnivore Mike Foxtrot and, and Deadly Hands Blood Money? So you, you know the the main goal is to raise money for you know Mission Twenty Two or you know the Boulder Crest. Uh, so what are your what are your products? What do you guys have right now? You so have t shirts. I got a, some t shirts. Again, I got t shirts that focus on the carnivore way of eating. But I've also got some really cool distressed American flag t-shirts. We got a red, um, the red American flag, which is uh, stands for Remember Everyone Deployed. And that shirt is worn every Friday. Oh, nice. um, so it's called Red Friday. So there's multi, you know, multiple that's put out by many people. But uh, we have our own version of that red Friday flag. And then I have other American, you know, blue, navy, black, those flags. And then uh, Deadly Hands Blood Money, that's more focused towards military we have uh it's called the E4 Mafia t-shirt just says E4 Mafia and if 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 you don't know what the E4 Mafia is you're not going to want the shirt but if you are E4 <laughs> Mafia um the E4 is typically the backbone of the military that gets everything done mm -hmm. and that's who people focus on um yeah sometimes maybe by the rules and sometimes not by the rules to get it done i was so good at being an E4 the US Navy uh made me an E4 twice <laughs> um, and that's uh, Mad Dog's Pub in Hong Kong was selling two for one Long Island iced teas, and uh, they do serve bread and water in the brig. I'll tell you that. Um, that's true. <laughs> if you ever hear that story. Uh, but we have the E4 Mafia shirt, and then we have another really cool shirt um, on the Deadly Hands line. That's uh, it's a Viking helmet with night vision goggles, and yeah. which is pretty cool. So it's a modern twist on the Viking helmet. Cool. Then we've got some others. Uh, that are getting ready to come out. They're being designed right now. But so you're going to roll out some new products. Yeah, a couple of new products coming out. Cool. And then I have uh, I have somebody making custom knives and custom meat cleavers oh, for the cool. carnivore side. Nice. Um, cutting boards. But the goal, you know, the goal is just to make money to give to Mission 22 and Boulder yeah. Crest. Um, yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, that's that's the goal again. Just continuing that line of service. And 
you know, I go back to kill your clone and, uh, you know, for me, I'm in- inherently good. So when, when I started thinking about that uh, a couple months ago, I was like, you know, to really do this, I need to become a villain and to be the villain to kill myself, I need to go a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up with, we're going to start a t-shirt company. There like I'm go. totally not an entrepreneur. Like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I literally was, uh, the other day I wanted the Viking helmet with night vision goggles. So I printed out a picture of a Viking helmet and then I printed out night vision goggles and I had scissors and I had tape and <laughs> you're going like, old school, man. I'm, I'm like taping it and I took a picture and then I sent it to an artist. And I was like, this is what I want right here. And this is my mock-up. And, um, so, you know, I, I don't know anything about the Facebook ads or anything. I'm doing them, but I don't know if I'm doing, it could be going yeah. to grandmas that are 60 years old or 65 <laughs> years old and it's not even going to who, but I'm trying to figure all that stuff out. But yeah, I, I could probably help you with that. All right, we'll, awesome. we'll have to talk off air. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, Rose has got some experience with social media stuff. Okay, cool. I do have a plan. And, and you know, my Instagram, I have like almost 400 followers in two weeks. And Dude, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So just all about giving back. That's really the plan. And, yeah. Um, Man, that's patriot cool. Patriot and love America and all that good, you know, red, white, and blue. And yeah. Kill, kill, kill. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feel <laughs> Well, I want to say that, uh, you know, I've known you for a long time, probably – 16 17 years easy i think i think so but uh i've always had just tremendous respect for you from the beginning uh just appreciate that thank you you know knowing what you do and who you are and we've had a lot of serious conversations you know we've walked through a lot of a lot of stuff together just as as friends brothers and uh i'm just thankful for you and all that you mutual you know this is going to sound corny but i am thankful for your service i am thankful for what you know your sacrifice you know, yeah. Well, that, my, my answer to that is thank you, like thank you, and it's my honor. And you know, that's you know, I, I the that's everybody that that I know is it's our honor. Like it really is. Like we we are, we like the appreciation. We may not show it. We don't you know don't want to get it probably, but uh, it's been our honor to serve and yeah, and and we have great pride in that. And we just don't you know typically say it or wear it. You know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I'm going to say to our listeners. If you're listening to this right now, I just want to encourage you to just go to, to carnivoremikefoxtrot.com and buy a shirt. Show some support. Buy a couple uh, shirts. Buy a couple buy a yeah. shirts. Yeah, get a couple shirts. Yeah, don't, don't, don't buy. Discount code is uh, CMF10. Get you 10% <laughs> off. It's free shipping. I get free shipping. I pay for the shipping out of oh wow out of the shirt and uh, just nice. to make it easy. It's just easier. Yeah. Um, cmf 10 and free shipping and and share it with a friend and uh you know let's show some support to this because this is an important thing uh these these men these women that serve our country and serve Mm -hmm. for our freedoms uh they deserve to be taken care of when they come back and they need to be they need to be taken care of the correct way not Mm -hmm. just uh you know like born on the fourth of july style you know we're talking it it has to be the right way that's going to be healthy and and bring the family along with it, you know. Right. Nice. I have the privilege of knowing your family, your kids, you know, really closely, and and they they have given up as much as as you have, Mike. Right. A- absolutely. And yeah, probably more. Yeah, it's been rough. They've had a rough. It's not a, just a one. It's not an individual. It's a family that gets pulled right. into exactly. this thing. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll, and also pray, pray for our veterans, pray, pray for our, mm-hmm. our, our, you know, our, our military, our operators that are, that are doing this work because it's vital. Number one, the mission is very, very important and probably more important now than it's ever been, uh, especially with what we're this new, 
like this new um, enemy. Yeah, enemy. Because yeah. yeah. it looks like China is going to be the new enemy. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> not the new. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> They've been around, but right. they're going to be on the forefront now. And we're going to have to pay. We're going to have. There's going to be some stuff happen. Who knows how this is going to go down? Right. But um, hopefully, uh, not a lot of loss of life, but a lot of big change that will dismantle right. the communist, uh, you know, people. But, but the families get drug in. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a missed. That's a missed. Um, a missed aspect uh, for me, me included. You know, you, you think you're missing them while you're gone and throughout. The, but them, you know, we're we're learning. You know, they, they took a hit. They yeah. took a hit, and they they didn't Roger up for it. That's the other thing. Right. They just kind of like they were along it. for the ride. And and next thing you know, I've been gone a long time, and then I came back sick, and uh, you know, saw they saw me at at their worst, at yeah. my worst, um, their best, my worst, and and that's quite a thing for them to see. So, mm-hmm. um, man, yeah. yeah, wow, dude. Well, Rosie, you got anything you want to? throw into no, it i mean nothing more than i was going to say i know it sounds corny as well but thank you for your service and thank you for your family and thank you for coming on the podcast man it, it was really great and uh i enjoyed it and been looking forward to this for a while so uh, <laughs> yeah thanks for making it happen thanks for yeah uh, so hopefully next time i'll be able to be in studio with uh everyone yeah. <laughs> can yeah. i hit that Did, will that say that uh, it's a song. Oh, okay. Never mind. There's <laughs> a wanna, button that says have, wash your hands. I wanted it, to hit it the hit, whole time. Hit the green stuff. Yeah. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we hit that on every episode. I've been distracted by the colorful buttons on the <laughs> console the whole time. That's so. right. Uh, so there is one thing that I was going to uh, I was gonna share. Let me, uh, Rosie was talking there. Uh, uh, shoot. Oh yeah. Okay. So you trained me when I first, uh, right. when you, well, I, mean, I want to say train, you, you gave me training right. when okay. I first got, uh, a gun. Right. And you taught me proper hold thumb, like how to hand everything, the right, grip, right. you know? And, uh, I remember I would go to the range and that would be the, whatever you told me was gospel. Right. Cause, okay. cause okay. I knew it was working cause right. you were alive and you'd go over right. and you'd come back. And so I knew it worked. Right. Right. And, um, and we had someone break into my vehicle and my next door neighbor's vehicle. And you made me look like the most amazing badass ever, <laughs> ever. My wife thought I was, she thought I was like one of you guys all right, for, all like, right. for like 24 hours. Well, you were, you were obviously. For a second. You practiced but it. What happened was uh, the guy that broke into my vehicle um, ripped open my center console and I had a Jeep and he uh, opened up my, glove, my uh, garage door. And my bedroom's right against the garage door. So we heard it open. And I jumped up and I grabbed my weapon. And I opened the door to the garage. As I opened it, I slid around into the chamber because it wasn't chambered. My mistake. Right, right, right. That, okay, okay. That has never, <laughs> never happened, happened again. It, never never happened again. It only happens once. It only happens right. once. But it's called it ha- a dead man's gun, by the way. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but check it out. It, it worked because the guy heard me chambering around. Right. And as the door was open, he heard that slide in that rack and he freaking screamed to his buddy in the other car next door, my neighbor. And he's like, run. And I walked out and I had perfect grip and right? form. Nice. It was up front, you know, I was front sight, everything. And, uh, and, uh, I was, I, when you were talking about the coffee mug, you right. know, you were talking about the cup yeah, was yep. flipping. There was like all these thoughts in my head were going through like, if, is he, if he's in my, ha- in my garage, do I shoot him if he's facing me? If he's not facing me, what do I do? Right. Like I was going through scenarios 
as I was literally opening a door and sliding around into the chamber yeah, of my gun. Nice. But, Good. But that was, you know, just even the way that I did all of that, you had worked with me. Oh, and, awesome. Um, Good. That's good to know. You know nice. You guys. And there's, I say you guys, there's a, there's a group of us that uh, have in the past, you know. Right. Very cool. But uh, yeah. So anyways, so if, for whatever, whatever it's worth, uh, my wife thought I was uh, super. Nice. Got super, you some brownie points. Yeah, right. totally. She was like, I heard her talking to my daughter. She's like, you should have seen dad. He just like, <laughs> he jumped out of bed. He grabbed his gun and he walked See, right into the garage. Do you know the only thing you're missing? I didn't get the shot. Sword tattoo. Oh, I know. So oh, dude. That would have. Well, let's he go probably would have stopped if you had a sword tattoo. <laughs> he probably would have just like proned himself out. That's right. Like, he's got a sword tattoo. My like, stupid Celtic knot work doesn't work to scare well, no, anybody. That's good. But you just, you, I'm telling you, the sword that throws them off. Like, yeah. They know it's it's game over with the sword right. tattoo. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he ran, and I stupidly ran after him. See, that was where I was made a mistake. I ran you after over him. We call it over penetrating. Yep, over yep. Yep. You over penetrated. Yep. Yeah. Kept going. Yeah. And so that's and, all right. But you I realized, learned though. But you're right. I you're stopped. Talking about. I stopped about two houses down the street, and I was like, I was barefoot. It was like it was literally twenty degrees. I was in a pair of gym shorts, and that was it. Right. No top. I was just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? So he was I, yelling, "Who's next?" Like Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, I wanted on, to on lethal I, weapon. I wanted to like release a round <laughs> up into the sky, you know, and just like really scare him. Right. But. uh Good. I didn't do that. Cooler heads prevail than you didn't. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 But uh, that was actually, I'm not going to, I mean. Do you remember what I told you when you said, what about breathing? You remember that? You were breathing. like, should I breathe? Should I hold my breath? You remember what yeah, I told you? You're like, breathe. No, I was like, remember I said, the only thing that matters is who's breathing at the end. That's all that matters. Like, unless you're like competition shooting, the only thing that matters is who's breathing that's, when you're done. That's right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, dude. That was so, like one of, that was another, was a highlight of my, of my, uh, of shooting experiences when I got to go with you to shoot and you right. were getting all your stuff together to, yeah. to leave. And, uh, we, I got to see all your, your tools. Accoutrements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was cool, man. That's hey awesome. man, thanks for, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, this is fun. This is good for me. It's therapy and, and you know, one thing people should, this is, you've known me for a long time. This is not my gig. This is not right. my thing, yeah. but to make it work, I have to come out of my, I'm definitely not a, for years, I thought I was an extrovert until I met with someone and they were like, no, you're an introvert that just extroverts when you need to. Yeah. Mm. Um, but to get this going and get this money in the hands of people that need it, um, you know, I got to do this and come out of my shell. And Yeah. Well, so, you're a natural, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll sleep for like three days after this, though, because all the <laughs> stuff going on. It's like a mission, you know, like I need to go home and, <laughs> and sleep. So eat then, a steak and sleep. Dude, I do this every week. Yeah. I must be like a hero to you. You, you are. A hero. <laughs> you are. All right. All right, man. Well, look, we'll we'll get you back on again. Nice. And when yeah. you're when you blow up and you're like known, like you're like in in the circles, you're known. You'll just you'll give us a shout every now and again. Uh, absolutely, I'll come back. Thanks. We'll keep doing it. Okay, yeah. cool. I got more stories. So <laughs> I got thirty three years of stories. All right. Yeah. I do cool. some good impersonate impressions too, some impersonations, <laughs> but not for tonight. We won't do it. All right, dude. Thanks for coming out. And, Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah. Awesome. And everybody, go go check out uh, carnivoremikefoxtrot.com. And uh, eventually, you'll be able to get to Deadly Hands Blood Money as well yep. on the web. And, There's an uh, Instagram and Facebook for both of the Instagram is f and Facebook for both of those. As okay. Well, but we'll put those uh, links in our show notes nice. so people can have access to them. Go buy a couple shirts. Give them some support. Show them what you mean. Awesome. And, uh, and Mike, we'll talk to you a little bit later. Awesome. Thank you. Rosie. Yes, sir. It's been awesome, brother. It has been. All right. 
what do you like to say? What is it that oh, stay, hi- stay hydrated. <laughs> That's right. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.